I believe something. God wants to bless us. Tell the person next to you, God wants to bless us. Would you tell them that? We believe that. We talked a little bit about that last week. I would encourage you to go online if you missed last week. Last week was kind of our introduction into this brand new series. It has always been God's intent. At the beginning of time, God created human beings in his image. Genesis 1 tells us he created them male and female. Then God what? What's that word? Bless them. Come on, read it with me. Then God blessed them. That was okay. Let's try it again. Then God bless them. It's better on this side. Good. Okay. More specifically, we see God's desire in a conversation that he had with Abraham. Genesis 2 says, the Lord said to Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. Now we read that and we think, well, that was just a blessing for Abraham. That was just situational. That was just his time. That was just for him specifically and personally. But actually things get really exciting when we read in the New Testament how the Apostle Paul connects all followers of Jesus with this blessing, Abraham's blessing. He writes about it in Galatians 3. Let's read this one together. All who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received. Let's read that again so it soaks in a little bit. All who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received. So I want you to get this down right on the top of your outline. God wants me to experience a life full of blessing. Full of blessing. This whole series is about this, this idea that God wants us to experience a life full of blessing. And we're going to unpack that for the next several weeks leading us up into the Christmas season and, and then just the, the blessing that that represents to us as we not only receive in our minds and the, the, the holiday of, of it being about the birth of Christ, but also our opportunity to give of ourselves to others and to be a blessing to other people. We see in the Old Testament, like in what Moses says in Deuteronomy 15, that God had this intent. Deuteronomy 15, it says, the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. That is a great passage, isn't it? We also see it in the New Testament through what Jesus taught in John 10. Look what Jesus said. I came to give life, life in all its fullness. So, so again, say this with me. God wants me to experience a life full of blessing, a life full of blessing. That's what he wants you and I to experience. What's, what's crazy is we see this blessing idea, this intent of God, not only in the life of Abraham, but in the Old Testament, it began to, to bleed down, to flow down into other people's lives, into sons' lives. And we see in Scripture in the book of Genesis, it talks about that not only Abraham was blessed, but Isaac, his son, was blessed. Later on in Genesis, it, it talks about that not only Abraham was blessed and his son Isaac was blessed, but then his son Jacob was blessed. And then we see later in Genesis that the, grand, the great-grandson rather of Abraham also experienced a life of blessing. His name was Joseph. Let's pick up the story in Genesis 37. When Joseph was 17 years old, he tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more 
than the rest of them. So this family was really dysfunctional. You need to thank God for your family, no matter how dysfunctional your family is. If you read the story of Joseph, this was an extremely, highly dysfunctional family. And you need to thank God for your family every day compared to this, all right? And so adding fuel to the fire, you probably know a little bit of the story. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more. In the dream... Joseph was the leader. In, in this family line of situation, Joseph wasn't. <laughs> he, he was the youngest. And Joseph was the leader in this dream, and his brothers were bowing down to him. Now, obviously, this did not sit well with them, and naively, he shares this with them. And in verse 8 of 37, we see that his brothers responded, so you think you will be our king? Can you hear a little bit of sarcasm there? Do you think actually you will reign over us? And they hated him more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. I don't know why Joseph shared this dream. I mean, the, the Bible never indicates that it was out of arrogance or it was out of a feeling of superiority. It, it doesn't share that. Maybe he was just simply sharing with those close to him, with his family, what he thought God was doing in his life. We really don't know why Joseph shared this, but whatever the reason, things became highly volatile, highly explosive. And we read in verse 18 that when Joseph's brothers saw him coming in the distance, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer. They said, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns, this, these, this well, this hole. We can tell our father a wild animal has, has eaten him. Then we will see what becomes of his dreams. So they threw him into a well. But later, as they were eating, the story tells us, I just... I just what kind of psychopath would throw somebody in to plan on killing them and then take you know, lunch break. I, I, that just amazes me. But here these brothers are eating and they look up and they see a caravan of traders with camels on their way to Egypt. And it says in verse 28, so Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him, sold him into slavery for 20 pieces of silver and the traders took him to Egypt. I mean, at least he didn't get killed and left in the well, right? But it didn't get any better. Now he's sold. He's trafficked, human trafficking. He's sold as a slave. He was not a slave, but he was sold as a slave. And he heads to Egypt, and his world turns upside down. 17-year-old, his world just turned upside down. Sold as a slave, Joseph was purchased in Genesis 39 by Potiphar who happened to be the captain of the guard of Pharaoh. He was the head of the secret service for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Just get that in your head. So Potiphar was a man of power, a man of position. And, and what we see right here in the beginning of this story of him being in working for Potiphar, serving Potiphar, we see an indicator of God's blessing that maybe we haven't seen to this point. Look what it says in Genesis 39.2. It says, read this with me, the Lord was with Joseph. Come on, read it with me. The Lord was with Joseph, and he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. The Lord was with Joseph. This is such a clear example of what the prophet writes in Jeremiah 17. The person who trusts in the Lord 
will be blessed. We see this. And it didn't take long for somebody else to notice this kind of blessing. And it's in, the same thing happens in our lives and in our world. Employers will notice that something's different about you. Um, family members will notice, hey, how come you have peace? How come you have this? How come God comes through for you in these ways? They may not even recognize it as God, but how come th- things just kind of work out for you all the time? How come things go this way in your life? Friends, coworkers, people, your bosses, they notice these things, and this is what's taking place. It didn't take long for someone to notice this in Joseph's life. Look what it says in verse 3. Potiphar noticed this. Notice what? Notice that the Lord was with him and everything he did succeeded. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He got a promotion. He put Joseph in charge of his entire household. So he went from newly purchased slave, which would be bottom of the barrel, to now being in charge of this man of power and position, his entire household. Why? Because Potiphar saw in Joseph that God was with him and God was giving him success in everything he did. God, uh, Potiphar rather, saw the blessing of God in Joseph's life. That's powerful, isn't it? Potiphar noticed that God was blessing him, so he puts him in charge. Verse 5 says, from that day... From the day Joseph was put in charge, the Lord began, wait, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household. I want you to understand, you need to circle that word bless. It's interesting that in this entire account of Joseph's life, all the way through, Genesis 37, 38, 39, 40, all the way through, the only time that the word bless was mentioned has to do with Potiphar. Not Joseph, somebody else. His employer, his owner, his master, was blessed because Joseph was blessed. Wow. From the day Joseph was put in charge, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household. All of his affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. Don't miss this. God was blessing Joseph But even more than that, God was blessing Potiphar through Joseph. Wow. We see God's hand at work here. And Potiphar was fully aware of the blessing of God. Look at what happened. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. Wait, let's just think a little bit here, right? This is not a follower of God. This is just an Egyptian. And he has this slave, this Hebrew that is is a follower of the one true God. And and he sees that his God is blessing him. And so this smart Egyptian, he didn't get to where he was without smarts. His smart Egyptian is seeing this slave and is realizing that God is blessing everything that Joseph puts his hand to. And he goes, you know what? If he's blessing Joseph and he's beginning to bless me because of Joseph, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to put Joseph over everything because why? I want everything blessed. Hmm. That's what he did. While Joseph was there, he didn't worry about a thing. Would you? I mean, if you have somebody like that working for you, that obviously the blessing of God is on their life and everything is being blessed because of that person working in that position, don't you just go, whatever you need 
just tell me. You're in charge. That's what he did. Now, the story could stop there. We could stop today. We could go home, take this right here, and just think, wow, this is, this is amazing. God was blessing Joseph, and now God is blessing Potiphar through Joseph, but the story doesn't end there. In fact, the story is bigger because God's plan is bigger than just what's happening here. So things begin to happen. Look what it says in verse 7. Joseph was a hottie. No, it doesn't what it says. Joseph was a handsome and well-built young man. Okay, he was a hunk. And, and Potiphar's wife, unfortunately, began to look at him lustfully. Come sleep with me. I'm, I, you know, I, I always tell you to read the Bible. It's, it's juicy. This is, this is really good stuff. It's better than HBO. Come sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. And it says she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. One day, however, no one else was, uh, was around when he went to do his work. She came and grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but his, he left his cloak, his coat, in her hand as he ran. This is scandalous. And humiliated by his refusal... She accuses Joseph of rape. In verse 19, we read that Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story. So he threw Joseph into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. These last four words are huge. And there he, Joseph, and there he remained. So where is God's blessing now? I mean, would you ask that question? I thought you were with me. I'm, I'm now in the bottom of the prison. I'm in the dungeon of the prison is what this indicates. I'm in the dungeon of the prison. And I didn't do anything, God. I don't really understand this. What is going on? I had your blessing. You were with me. I knew you were with me. And everything that I put my hand to was succeeding. And, and my owner, my master Potiphar saw that. And he put me in charge of everything. And I was moving up the ladder. And I could see that you were using me as a leader. And it, my, my dream was coming true. I could see it in my life. And then everything changed. And I was accused of something even though I didn't do anything wrong. And now, where's your blessing Look at the next verse. But, you always hear me say this, these big buts in the Bible are huge. Look at this. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. He thought it was bad. It probably was. But God was there with him. Where Joseph goes, God is with him. That's the, all the way through his account. You can see that where Joseph goes, God is with him. In fact, blow your mind here. Maybe that's reverse. Maybe we should say where God goes, Joseph is there. Because God is setting up a situation here that is amazing. 
for, for you that have been in church world and you know this story and it's like, oh yeah, I know this, you know, the guy with the coat and the color coat and all, I know this whole story. I could, you know, I could almost teach it, Bart. Okay. For you that know this, you know what we have a tendency to do? We have a tendency to take this story and we throw it into the filter of Romans 8. Romans 8 is a scripture where Paul basically says, everything that happens in your life, God can turn it around for good. We see it as a turnaround story. But I am beginning to see this as a blessing story. I'm beginning to see it that God had bigger plans for Joseph. We're going to see it at the end. That God was going ahead of him and was setting him up. Yeah, the situation, the circumstances were terrible. I mean, he was sold into slavery by brothers who were jealous of him. He was then accused of rape and he was thrown into prison and he was innocent. All these things were, were bad situations. But it keeps saying that God was with him. You know why? Because God had a plan. God was with him because he was blessing his life. He wanted to take Joseph to a destination that was greater than anything he could ever imagine. He had a plan. Where Joseph goes, God is with him. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden, verse 21. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. Sound familiar? It's exactly what took place in Potiphar's house. Now he's in charge of the prison. And everything that takes place in the prison, he is overseeing. Once more, we see an indicator of God's blessing in Joseph's life. And again, God blesses someone else through Joseph. Take a look at verse 23. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. You know what this is? This isn't natural talent. This isn't skill set. This isn't a gifted individual, although I believe that he had some administrative skills that were top-notch. This is the blessing of God. That's all this is. This is a clear indicator that God had a plan for Joseph that was so much bigger that he was giving the blessing into Joseph's life so that he could make things happen. A few years later, few years later, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, has a dream. Verse 8 of Genesis 41, the next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed, so he called for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them his dream, not one of them could tell him what it meant. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph. He was brought from the prison. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and no one can tell me what it means, but I have heard that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. <laughs> you, you would think, I'm, I'm just putting myself in Joseph's shoes. I've been in prison for a couple of years for something I didn't do, for a crime I didn't commit. I've not only been sold as a slave, but now I've faced time as a hard time as a prisoner. And, and I know that God has been with me all of this time. And now all of a sudden, I'm in the court of Pharaoh. And I didn't give you the text, but it says that they cleaned him up. They gave him a shave, put some clothes on him, those kind of, So he's, he's getting all dolled up to go before Pharaoh. And he's in his court. And Pharaoh says, I hear that you can interpret dreams. And we know that to be true because in the storyline, I didn't give it to you here, but in the storyline, it, it shows that Joseph was doing this, that God was working through him in this whole area of interpretation. And so Joseph knows, yeah, I can do this. It would be really easy for me to say, yes, sir, Pharaoh, I can do that. Get me out of prison, right? This is my ticket out of prison. 
I knew the time was coming, and here it is. I'm going to seize the day. I'm going to take opportunity right here. But look at what he says. He says something completely opposite of what I would say. He says, it is beyond my power to do this. Boy, doesn't that say a lot about Joseph? Joseph realizes it's all God. It's not me. It's all God. This blessing that you see, this is not me. This is God. Everything that I've succeeded in, this is not me. I'm not that good. This is God. Look what he says. It is beyond my power to do this, but God, my God, can tell you what it means. So basically, Joseph told Pharaoh that Egypt would have great prosperity for seven years, but then they would face famine for seven years, severe famine all over the world. He instructed Pharaoh to, to gather a wise person, to get a wise person to put him in charge of collecting the grain during the good years into storehouses so that when things got bad, when times got bad, when the famine hit, they would have enough food and they would survive. We read that Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh, so Pharaoh asked his officials can we find anyone else like this man so filled with the Spirit of God? You know what I read there when I read those words? So filled with the blessing of God. Wow. Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dream to you. Clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all of my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Verse 45, look at this. So Joseph took charge of the land of Egypt. Isn't that amazing? From prison to palace, just like that. When God's blessing is operating in your life, it's amazing what takes place. It's amazing how the steps can be sped up so quickly yeah, he, he was in that prison for a couple of years, but in a moment of time of just being in one situation, he just meets Pharaoh. In that one encounter, everything changes. Why? Because God is blessing him. Why? Because God has a plan for his life. 13 years ago for Joseph, 13 years ago, he came to Egypt as a slave. And now he is a ruler in Egypt. Why? Because of God's blessing. We see the words of the psalmist displayed in the life of Joseph. Look what the psalmist writes. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you, blessing them before the watching world. Isn't that amazing? Joseph was blessed by God. And now all of Egypt will be blessed by God through Joseph. Look at verse 53 of Genesis 41. The seven years of bumper crop came to an end. 
Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine struck all the surrounding countries, but throughout Egypt, there was plenty of food. And people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was so severe throughout the world. And here is where things get interesting. Verse 3. Joseph, his older brothers, went down to Egypt to buy grain. Don't, don't miss this. Unknown to them, Joseph is now second in command in Egypt. And his brothers come before him, stand before him, and once they identify who he is, he reveals himself to them through the conversation. And you can see from 42 all the way through to 45, he's revealing himself to them. And he reveals himself to them. And then what does he do? He points to God's blessing in his life. Look at what Joseph said to his brothers. He said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery, but don't be upset. It was God who sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. Get this last part. It was God who sent me here, not you. This is not a turnaround bad situation into good like Romans 8. This is a situation where God says, I have a plan and in that plan, you're going to be blessed beyond anything you could ever imagine because I want to get you to a destination. You need to be in this position in order for my plan to affect the world. Notice this, that God was blessing Joseph. Why? So that he could be a blessing to others. Wow. Joseph realizes that he is experiencing a full life of blessing, but even more than that, Joseph realizes God's plan for his life involved God blessing him so that he could bless those around him. This brings us full circle, doesn't it? Back to this whole idea that God said to Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. So just like Abraham, just like Joseph, Get this down. God wants to bless me so I can bless others. Come on, say it with me. God wants to bless me so I can bless others. One more time. Come on. God wants to bless me so I can bless others. There's a purpose in it. There's a reason for it. That's the thing that I want you to get. For the next several weeks, we're going to unpack this a little bit more, but this is the thing that I want you to get, that he doesn't bless you just to bless you. Listen, he doesn't bless you so you can hoard it. He doesn't bless you so that you can just keep the blessing yourself. I'm so blessed. No, you're blessed for a reason. You're blessed for a purpose. I'm going to throw this way wide here and say, if you live in the United States, if you live in Southern California, if you live anywhere in the United States, but if you live in Southern California, I'm telling you, I don't care what your economic level is, you are blessed and you are blessed for a purpose. You are blessed for a reason. God doesn't just bless us without having a purpose. We see that. God wants to bless me so that I can bless others. 
God's saying, I am blessing you for a reason. This week I heard a story. So I Googled it just to make sure it was true, and it's true. Heard this story about this bus driver in San Francisco. A couple years ago, this bus driver was featured in a, in a story in the San Francisco Chronicle newspaper. Uh, her name is Linda Wilson Allen. Linda is a Muni bus driver for the city of San Francisco. She's known for greeting her passengers by name. Got a picture of her up there. She, she has been known to wait. If a regular passenger is late to the bus stop, she will wait a few minutes for them. Wow. A woman in her 80s named Ivy had some heavy grocery bags that she was carrying. She was struggling with them. She couldn't get up to the bus, couldn't get into the bus. So Linda got out of the bus to help her get into the bus. And Ivy decided that day, I'm going to ride her bus every day. Linda met a woman named Tanya. Tanya was at one of the bus stops. And uh, she was alone. She was new to the area. Kind of a transient person. And so Linda invited Tanya over for Thanksgiving dinner at her house because she needed friends in this new city. The reporter who wrote this article rides the bus every day, Linda's bus. And he said that Linda, get this, this is his quote, Linda has built such a community of blessings that passengers will skip taking other buses to wait for Linda's bus. So how does a bus driver facing cranky people and traffic in San Francisco, how does a bus driver do all this while facing all of that? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I was thinking about my job compared to her job, and I'm like, man, she has it so much harder than I do. She probably has it harder than most of us in this room, what she's facing. Linda told a reporter, this is a direct quote, Linda told the reporter, her mood is set, her attitude is set at 2.30 a.m. every day, when she gets down on her knees to pray, thanking God for all he has done in her life. <laughs> Linda believes that God has blessed her life for a reason. A bus driver feels that God has blessed her life for a purpose. I don't know about you, but this just, this just turns my thinking upside down on this, about, about blessing others, about how God has a purpose. He, he wants me to be involved in this. He, he's challenging me to be more aware of being a blessing to other people around me. Please don't do this in this series. Please don't think that this is just, when we talk about God's blessing, that it's just monetary. It involves that, but it's not just that. I mean, I mentioned things about Linda. There was no money involved in this, other than the fact that she's known also for giving change to people out of her pocket when they don't have change for bus fare. Like they got a five. She, gives, she, she goes out into the, the bus passengers. Anybody got change for a five? 
Now, I don't know if you've ever rode, rode the bus before, but most bus drivers are not going to do that. Just put the bill in the thing. You've got a five, that's all you got, too bad. You don't get change. But she's a complete, anyway, there's no money involved in this. She's, she's just blessing people. I got to be more aware of blessing people around me. God has blessed me for a reason. God's blessed you for a reason. Paul writes about this to the believers at Corinth. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 9. I love this passage. We're going to talk about this a couple of weeks. God can bless you with everything you need, and you will always have more than enough to do good things for others. You see the purpose? God wants to bless me so I can bless others, right? Say that with me. God wants to bless me so I can bless others. That's the whole purpose in this. God desires to bless us, but God's blessings are not, they're not to end with us. They're to continue through us. God desires that his blessing would filter down through us into the lives of other people. Come back next week. We're going to talk about how we can be involved in all of this. But, but for today, just know that God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Let's pray. Lord.